Hello and welcome to the Two Robbies podcast, your destination for in-depth discussion and analysis of the Premier League and the Champions League. I'm Robbie Musto, he's Robbie Earl, and here are today's topics. League Cup semi-final recap between Spurs and Chelsea, a preview of this weekend's marquee Premier League matches in Man City versus Chelsea, Aston Villa versus Manchester United and Tottenham versus Arsenal, West Ham and Southampton with key victories over Norwich and Brentford and big moves already happening in the January transfer market with Philippe Coutinho off to Aston Villa and Kieran Trippier and Chris Wood to Newcastle United. That's what we've got coming up in today's episode. All right, my friend, let's start with a little bit of League Cup action, semi-final, second leg. Chelsea get the job done away mm. at Spurs. It's 1-0 they won. It's 3-0 on aggregate. Uh, Chelsea advanced to another final, a League Cup final. Of course, we'll find out who it's going to be, Arsenal and, and Liverpool in the other semi-final starting tomorrow. Um, that'll be the first leg tomorrow. Um, yeah. What have we learned, my friend, and, and, and how far these two teams, uh, how, how different are they? What we learned is that um, one team has more quality, better understanding of what they're trying to do, Tactically better, technically better. There's a there's a gap between the two teams, and there was a really telling shot, Rob, when I think it was uh, Chelsea had gone one nil up in the first half. Uh, a Rudiger goal, pretty much courtesy of a bit of a, a, a goalkeeping error. Uh, Gallini who came in for Lloris, tried to come for a ball that he didn't win. And at three nil, you pretty much knew that was the game over. You know, the first game. Goal was always going to be the key in this one. But there was a, the, the telling shot I had was was after you know five minutes after the goal, Chelsea were keeping the ball and almost I wouldn't say tween with Spurs, but keeping away from Spurs. Spurs couldn't quite be aggressive in the press, couldn't really stop the passing movements, and the shot was Antonio Conte, and it was Conte kind of looking on the pitch, and then he sort of looked up to the sky, Rob, as if and and listen. Who knows what he was thinking? But the impression you got was, I've got some work to do here if I'm going to close this gap. If I'm going to compete for silverware, and that's maybe winning cups, League Cup this one, FA Cup, Europa League, let's say, if if that's the case. If they're going to challenge for titles, which I assume is the ultimate reason you get Antonio Conte in, cool, there's a lot of work to be done, mate. There's a lot of work with the group who are here, well, certainly there's going to need to be additions and there's going to be a lot of work to get this team because there's a real sizable gap between the two sides. Mm. Um, and my thought watching the game was, I'm not sure this Spurs team, even with Antonio Conte, can get as close as, as we, we probably think to, to the top three. I just don't think there's enough in the side. Okay, today you had... Davis, Tanganga, and, and Sanchez as a back three. No Dyer, uh, no Romero, who probably would start, let's say. Huybert and Winks in midfield, Rob. Two real triers, two guys who put it in. But when you've got Georgino and Kovacic, you've got technical players on the other side, they couldn't really affect the game. Mm-hmm. And then you had a Harry Kane, who's still spluttering. No Youngmin's son and, and Lucas Moura. Not a match, mate, in the end. Not a match, not really... Unless Spurs got the first goal, which they didn't, it, it was a pretty much foregone conclusion. So, 
We're recording this, Rob, right after the West Ham Southampton game, the Premier League game that I was in the studio for and I watched. So I didn't get to see this 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 game. I'm interested in the atmosphere, Rob, yeah. and what yeah. what was it like in there? I mean, this is a semi final of a of a domestic um, cup. Yeah, is that are they looking into yeah. the sky as well, Rob? Thinking, wow, we we're not at the Chelsea level. Mm. Was there any like signs of frustration, any booing, or what was it? What was the atmosphere like? Great atmosphere to start, as you'd expect. The place is buzzing. There's a bit of anticipation. I think everybody, you know, is Spurs fans going there thinking, we get the first goal, it's all on. We, we You know, we could have a chance. It's not uh, Chelsea at full, full strength. Um, from Chelsea's point of view, maybe a little bit nervousness about controlling the game and getting it. But as the game started to play out, once the goal went in... I thought realism hit the hit the place at times. There was a there was a there wasn't a booing or a, a, a dissatisfaction, but there was it was almost like there was a lull, there was a quietness, Rob. There was a there was a realization that wow, that's them and this is us, and it is us and them at the moment, and there is a gap, and we've got a lot of work to do if we if we close that gap. What? And it was it was just times when when. Spurs had the ball. Chelsea had a way of pressing and working to win the ball back. And they did it at times. When Spurs had the ball, so when Chelsea, Chelsea. Had, the, had the ball, Spurs couldn't really stop them. There was nothing Spurs could really do to stop Chelsea doing what they wanted. And I think that kind of hurt. That realism kind of was a bit like, wow, I didn't realise that that's the gap. That, that's the difference right now. And talk about that, Rob, before we move on. Like, I, I was interested because uh, Joe Lewis is the, the owner, the main owner yeah. of Tottenham Hotspur. We know that Daniel Levy went out mm. to the Bahamas, I think, where Joe Lewis might live or have a home there yeah. and had a conversation. Yeah. And I think we know that Antonio Conte has reported that has had a conversation with Daniel Levy. This is kind of what we all talked about. Um, what do we think mm. is going to happen in this window, Rob? And do, do you think that Antonio Conte has laid out, like, listen... It's there, it's there right now, the league table and this game. Like, we need some players. Do you think we're going to see much movement for them, for, for Spurs and finding some talent in January? Never easy, of course, in January. Yeah, it's an interesting point. Um, and again, it was one of those where I think the director of the game took a shot up to the uh, oh. director's box. And they went on, is it Paratici? Is the oh, director yeah, yeah, yeah. of football? Yeah, Fabio Paratici, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, it was him and, and he was named, actually. So it was something, obviously, they thought about. And, like, there was a shot of him, like, you know, it's on him to bring players in. I don't get the sense, because it's probably not desperate measures, um, that too much will be done in this window. Right. It's not like, we, you know, we're going for a title or we're going to get relegated. Of course, four spots huge. And, they've got a chance of the top four, Rob. They've, 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 still, they've still got a great chance of that. That's got to be the aim. But I, I, I think they would maybe put store in what Conte does and maybe, listen, I'm not saying nobody will come in, but I don't think there'll be yeah. three or four four yeah. bodies in, in the door. One, two at max, I, I think, and maybe a couple going out. There's no Ndombele in, uh, involved. Rob, there's talk about him. Deli Ali, there's talk about if somebody comes with the right offer or option on loan that, that they could go out. So could be some activity there, but I tend to sense that this conversation might have been about the summer and about what's required. And the game today was another, would reaffirm to Conte that needs, what, what he's seen with his eyes is true. What, what he knows is this group needs more if he's going to be able to compete. And he's come back to English football, Rob, to compete. He's yeah. not come back to get to semi-finals of League Cup and then be beaten by the better team 
and not really have, have a chance in, in, in the game. So, talk about the gap from Spurs to Chelsea. Let's switch back to the Premier mm. League, Rob, and, and talk about some games happening this weekend. How about yeah. the gap from Man City to Chelsea? It's Man City home versus Chelsea. Mm. Coverage begins on Saturday, 7 a.m. Eastern time on Peacock. Yeah. Uh, where are we with, with Chelsea, Rob, in terms of catching City? Is this a must-win game for Chelsea mm. to stay in touch? Mm. If they lose this game, they'll be 13 points behind. Same games yeah. played to Man City. You know, if they win it, they're seven points behind, same games played. So, of course, never easy to go to the home of the champions and win the game. But do Chelsea have to win this to stay in the race? And can they win it? Yeah, I, th- I think you're right, Rob. I think any team that's got ambitions now of, of catching uh, uh, City, closing the gap, so that includes Liverpool and anybody else who may feel they, 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 they've got a chance. When you have those head-to-head games, you almost need to win them, Rob to cut that, that deficit and give yourself a chance that if City have one bad day and you win yeah. the game, all of a sudden we could be down to three points, let's yeah. say, and then it could be on, uh, you know, as we get to Easter onwards. So, you're right. I think about the first game, Rob, um, when Chelsea played Manchester City. And Manchester City, and, and I use this word because I remember it on the day, dismantled Chelsea, dismantled them, mm. kept the ball away from them, had more chances, nullified Lukaku's threat, passed them to death and won the game 1-0. But it was a 1-0 going on 4-0 on the day. Now, it's interesting because we're at a point where the Lukaku thing's interesting. I heard you and Dan talk about it today. And a bit like you, I'm kind of getting a bit tired of it, but I understand it's it's big news. It's a big signing. They spent up to £100 million, over $130 million on a striker, Rob, who's supposed to be a difference maker for, for, for this team. And if Chelsea are going to have a chance of, of, of closing the gap, of winning this game particularly, they need a good inform Romelu Lukaku to hit City on the counter-attack when City dominate the ball like we know they will. And if an inform Lukaku can lead the line and do that with the Mounts or the ZX or the Habits, whoever's playing underneath, Chelsea have enough ammunition and armoury to cause City a problem. Well, Chelsea have to have to attack well in the moments that they get the ball. Rob, just thinking about the game today. Again, I didn't see the Chelsea game today. Did they play with a yeah. back four? Was it was it like a, a close to a four four two for Chelsea? Because that's what we, yeah, like, it was a little just... bit of rolling Aspilicueta, Rudiger, uh, uh, Christiansen with and, and Saw uh, yeah. on the left hand side. So he, so Aspilicueta rolled in a couple of times, and they had Hudson Odoi one side, and then Aspilicueta came on the right hand side of the other team. Now, Kovacic and, and Jorginho in the middle yeah. of the park. And then he went Lukaku, um, Mount and, and Werner. Is, is, is the, so is Lukaku's the role was the same, Rob, like central. It wasn't, he, he didn't sort of play in a way that he's drifting out to an outside. Because I, I just think like that, that's where the joy is against City. If, if Lukaku can kind of yeah. go away from, you know, those, those yeah. excellent centre-backs those, those and make those little areas, runs in yeah. behind when, you know, City are pushing high and have the ball, they're really, really high. Lukaku's yeah. best when he's facing forward. Let's let's be honest about it. I mean, uh-huh. he can he can receive balls into yeah. him, and he's good at that. But that's where the chance comes from Chelsea, Rob, doesn't it? If Chelsea win the ball back Absolutely. from City and then flick the ball over the top, Quick where Lukaku can forward win passes into him, you know, exploiting those spaces that the, the fullbacks have come out of and vacated, and then you know whether you can get the mounts and, and whoever if it's Werner or, or uh, Havertz yeah. in and around the penalty box, that's yeah. where the, yeah. the chance is going to come. But um, 
they're going to have to be solid and well set up and be like the Chelsea early season who don't concede, who can be mm. resilient. You have to break with pace and, and cause some problems. And, you know, take take chances when they come, Rob. You, you'll probably get three or four yeah. good looks at yeah. a city at best. You've got, to, yeah. you've got to probably put two of those away. Now, we know that the rotation of Man City has been such a strong point and they've got very yeah. few injuries. Now, reports, again, this is tough to predict, but reports are there's been a COVID yeah. outbreak within the Man City squad mm. and, the, and the technical yeah. staff. Again, this is just like, we don't know. We don't know who's going no, to be available, who's no. not going to be available. I mean, it could affect this game, Rob, couldn't it? If, if there's key players it, from it City, could. even though they've got the best squad, I mean, a really, really great squad. Others, others can come in. But that's something that, that's a bit of a, I don't know, it's a bit of a yeah, loose... That, like, that, we don't that, know that's how that's a gonna... that we, you can't really legislate for that, that you know, has nothing to do with tactics and systems. If somebody's got yeah. COVID or is isolating or not a, or healthy, that, that could affect the game. So we'll obviously have to look at that. We'll, you know, eyes will be on the team sheet when it comes out first thing. Was it like 6.45? Eastern time before before the game, so we get a, a good look at, at who's playing. What we do know, and, and you touched on it though, that that rest and the management of players has been outstanding by City yeah. to a point where they almost, if they lost three or four players, just seems like they've got three or four relatively fresh players to come in. Again, we don't know what COVID's done and who's been affected by that yeah. behind closed doors. I thought the other thing that this interesting, Rob, in this team was we go back to the summer. We we talk of a Chelsea team that won the Champions League, that beat Manchester City, let's remember, in the Champions League. Yep. And they added the piece that they thought was missing. Yeah. Romelu Lukaku. Manchester City lost the Champions League. Thought they Many people thought they needed to add the piece. That was 125 plus million dollars worth of Harry Kane that they didn't get, yet still top of the league, mm. highest scorers in the Premier League, goals coming from all of, all over the place, mm. and it would almost seem that Pep again is proving it can be done in a, in different ways, and and yes, Chuck. It's almost like Chelsea need Lukaku to come good to give Chelsea a chance of winning a title. He's, he's a big part of what... For, for Manchester City, a centre-forward isn't such a big point for them to win them a title. They can win it without Chelsea can't. And, and, and Pep's changes and tweaks to counteract that not getting a striker is small yeah. compared because his it's game his plan is it's so, genius, yeah, so isn't grooved, isn't it? Their, their normal gameplay is so grooved. Yeah. I mean, over years yeah. after years, where it's everybody knows what they're doing, and there's some little adjustments with no striker midfield players filling the box yeah. a little bit more. We've seen over the last couple of years now, which is working great. Which is why yeah. I thought, well, can it work great? Can can the midfield players mm. keep scoring the goals? Absolutely, they can. And it's down to his yeah. tweaks to the way that they play, and encouraging your Gundawans, your Bernardo Silvers, your mm. Sterlings, and everybody else to get forward centrally yeah. and score. So, yeah, I mean, it's. Um, is that it, we're at that point where we're talking must wins and, and for the title race, and, yeah. and City can really take control if they can be as consistent uh, against Chelsea. They're more rested, Rob. They're going to have a whole week of rest where Chelsea have just played, yeah. of course, in that semi-final um, today. So, yeah, all, all points to a to a Chelsea uh, to a, a Man City victory. But I just feel Chelsea's best chance is playing on a counter attack, or particularly with Lukaku, mm. and that's where the threat is. Timo Werner. There is some pace with Chelsea, and that's where they can hurt yeah. Man City. If City's football 
isn't pinpoint mm. and, 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 they, and they give the ball away a few times, that's when Chelsea have got real chance to, to do a bit of damage. All right. No doubt about that. Let's go to another big game at, at the weekend. Um, it's the second game of the second meeting between these two teams, Aston Villa and Manchester United. They played at Old Trafford in the FA Cup. I think it was Monday, Monday night. Manchester yeah. United won that one, one nil. A quite unconvincing one nil Manchester United win, which seems to be the way of United performances of late. Um, interesting game this one, Rob, because it's got uh, lots of different angles. Obviously, Stevie G. Uh, up against Manchester United, Aston Villa at home, new players in for, for Aston Villa, not least Philip Coutinho officially yeah. joining um, Aston Villa on loan from Barcelona. We'll talk about that in a moment. But just in terms of, let's let's just go back to the FA Cup, mate, and 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 the the one 0 win. Are, are we in? Are we in a position where a win's a win, and we just have to take the win and, and move on, or do we still, as Manchester United, do we still with the win? Kind of scratching our heads, saying, "Really, is this?" It almost feels, Robin, and, and my phrase as I was watching it, the game on Monday was like, "It's a bit joyless for Man United." There's no, you know, when you play generally and, and win a game, there's like a feel good in in the dressing room, and you yourself feel good about that's a, that's a win. We're in the cup. That's a win. That's three points. So, you know, you look forward to the training in the next week, and I just don't get the sense that's quite happening at Old Trafford at the moment. It's not. But isn't that to be expected, Rob? And you say a win is a win. A win is a win. But I, I, I he, he, he's, he's dragging this team at the moment, Ralph Ragnick. And there's a lot of talk about mm. whether the players are supporting this guy and who is this guy. And, God, we've got to do a lot more yeah. running and more work. Yeah. I, and, and a lot of people out there are saying, well, I don't know what he's doing. I can't see anything different. I, I think yeah. there's, there, there's, there's attempt at change. And there's no joy at the moment because... They're in between this kind of like all over the place, individualistic side, this super inconsistent over the previous manager over a period of time to try and make them more of a unit. And it's boring and it's grinding and it doesn't look great. And the players maybe not enjoying it. But I think it's necessary work, Rob. It's necessary work to mm. get Rashford running back. And I'm going to talk about Marcus Rashford in a second. And, and Greenwood, whoever it is that, the, the, that have got to roll their sleeves. That Ralph Ragnick said, I want more effort. I need more running. I think he's absolutely right. We've said this for a while, Rob, that this Man United mm. team and, all the, and, and, and even some of the younger players, they're great going forward and they can light things up and they can score great goals. I don't see them rolling their sleeves up like Jared Bowen did today for West Ham United that we'll get on to talk about mm. and do the other side of the game. Ralph Ragnick is trying to do that, Rob. And it's 1-0. It was grind. It was ugly. It wasn't great, but it's a 1-0 victory. And I can see that he's trying to get them to play more as a compact team, particularly without the ball. And for, the, for some of the mm -hmm. star players, that's going to be a bit of a grind to do that. But I think it's necessary work. Again, he's had a, he had a couple of steps forward, a few steps back, Ralph Randnick, when he first came in. We saw it like against Palace. Oh, there it is. There's, there's a little bit of pressing. Mm -hmm. Then it all went away again. He admitted it all went away again. And in this game, there was a little bit of press. Well, that, that's what he's trying to do. There was a little bit of the, the, the attacking players working defensively. So he's trying, he's trying to, 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 to build some sort of foundation, Rob, of, of a solid, compact team that, yeah, lacks the quality and the flair and the joy, as you said. It does. Mm. But that joy comes, Rob, when the foundation's there, when they start to get familiar with their roles, when the wins start to become a little bit, easier or, or with a bit more flair 
I, I'm just not surprised. It's a struggle to play in, a struggle to watch. Uh, it's certainly a struggle for the manager, but I, but I think mm. it's work that needs to be done. Yeah, I, I don't disagree that there's work that needs to be done. And, 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 and in fairness, you make valid points in terms of like, almost let's get back to some base first and yeah. then from that strong base we can then start to go and right. develop the game and get people and, and, and I get that but then I look at Stevie G with the Aston Villa team Rob and they work hard and they he's made tweaks and they play better football the, the team that played better football in the FA Cup game was, was Aston Villa the team that looked more likely to score goals was Aston Villa now I get that Manchester United are going through a difficult time but we've still got talented players you talked about Jared Bowen doing the you know, hard work as well as playing. I'm saying that the Manchester United players don't look. Some don't look they're like not, they're not ready they're for doing that. Rob. Either they're doing either. Isn't West isn't isn't West Ham playing with a base and a foundation that Moyes has put in there for a, a period of three years, and now they're starting to enjoy it. Now they're starting to get the play with joy and all that that we just talked about. I just think Manchester United, Man United mm-hmm. are not there yet. And that's a, that's a valid point. Jared's, you know, early mm. at Villa. I mean, they're still 14th in the league table, Aston Villa. But I get what you're, you know, we can see that. Yeah, well, what I think what you see do. with your eyes. I just think Man United and, and, and the individuals, you know, yeah. and we, we, we'll get to the point. Because my other sort of concern with Manchester United, and again, listen, you may tell me that once that base work's been done and, and the habits are, 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 are kind of taken on, then we'll see another side. But I'm looking at individuals, Rob, and, I, and I'm not seeing too many who are prospering at the moment, who, who will look like they're playing anything not near Rashford I'd put in there, Greenwood I'd put in there, Sancho I'd put in there, Bruno Fernandes I'd put in there. Nowhere near their, their, their capabilities. Well, cause, cause, all right, but I could argue on the other side of that, yeah, they, they want to be mm. staying high. They want to be attacking all the time and shooting all the time and crossing all the time and not helping out defensively. That's what they want. They'll be happy doing well, that. Well, not all the time, but maybe, you know, keeping the ball, Rob, and, 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 and having possession and creating chances and, and taking people on and combination play. That's all part of once you've got the ball, what we're going to do with it. It almost seems like we forgot about all that now. That, that's OK. Let's just work hard. Yeah, and, 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 that, and, and that's true. I think the other point, you know, is that the, the, the quality of, you know, the quality that you might expect to produce a, yeah. a joyful Man United hasn't got the individual parts, Rob. You know, mm. you know, and that's a different issue of what are these players all that? Are they as good as we think they are? Yeah. Given yeah. like the responsibilities in modern football, where you've got to work and press and everything else. You know, whether this team has not got the the star individuals that that they thought they had. You know, so you put you add that to. A, a manager that wants to get more organised and more compact, and, and it can be a bit of a grind, and maybe that's what we're seeing yeah. right now. But again, I, I, I don't think you can just let those players go and play willy-nilly. We've seen over the last couple no, of years no, it's no, been a bit inconsistent. No, Good United, bad United. Good United, bad United. And I think he's trying to be... He doesn't want the up and down. I think he said that many times. So, I, yeah, it's a tough watch right now, Rob, but I, but mm. I didn't expect anything else, really, in, in terms of trying to slowly put things right. Um, just on Marcus Rashford, Rob, before we I w- talk Coutinho a little bit. Where are we with Marcus Rashford? Like, there's been a lot of press this week about, remember the shot that went in, he didn't follow up, and, yeah, and his yeah, body yeah, language yeah. looks really low, really and he's struggling for confidence, and Ragnick said afterwards, yeah, Marcus Rashford needs a goal. He came out of the game late mm-hmm. on. Is, 
are we going to see a, a fully fulfilled mar- or fulfill his ambition and the, and the promise that Rashford yeah. brought three or four years ago now? Or mm. is trying to perform at this level beyond him consistently? Good question. Um, I had a couple of thoughts about it. As I was watching the game, I started to kind of, you know, you, you always, as an ex-player, put yourself back in a position. Never, certainly wasn't playing at Marcus Rashford's level at, at that age. But I almost felt, Rob, and I, I don't know, you you tell me if you, you were different or the way you played. I had a spell when I hit sort of 24, 25, where, I don't know, I had a spell where it would come hard. Everything became a little bit more difficult. Didn't feel quite as energetic. My touch was off. Snatching in front of goal. I don't know where there's something where you go from a youthful player, can run everywhere, you know, no worries, to maybe overthinking the game, starting to think, worry about things a little bit. And I I remember there was about a six-month period where hardly scored goals, didn't feel good about myself. Confidence probably dropped um, and just played safe. Now, again... That was me. I don't know if Marcus Rashford's going through that stage in his career because I think it comes to a lot of different players and then you, you kick on again and you get to the 26, 27 and then you, you know yourself and you, 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 you crack on. Again, I don't know if that's where he is. Yeah. I also have a feeling with Marcus Rashford, and we've talked about his personality in that before, I think he's one of those sensitive kind of guys who feels things, yeah. who needs a vibe and... If the, if the team are good and the crowd are up, he's on fire. But I, I'm not so sure when it isn't that he's that guy who can roll his sleeves up. He's not a Ronaldo. He doesn't possess that that mm. inner confidence and that drive, drive that mm. he has. He's a different he's a different animal. And I think that's what we're seeing in the player now. And I think he's almost overthinking it. I think mm. he's almost like trying to play safe and, mm. and, and, you know, just get through things and if he can nick a goal that'd be great he's, he's, he's lost that kind of freedom and, and, and fluidity that he played with that makes him a special talent yeah and, and talking about special talents Rob and, and somebody else that's gone through maybe something that you talked about at, at uh, FC Barcelona is Philip Coutinho and this mm-hmm. signing for Steven Gerrard and we know from uh, I heard an interview with his agent Keir Trabkin about uh, Philip Coutinho and wanting to come back with Steven Gerrard of course they, they played together for a couple of years I think it was at Liverpool uh, on loan initially, and the understanding is that Villa are paying a segment of his wages, Barcelona are paying another segment of the wages, but there's actually a, a piece in the middle that Coutinho's not going to earn, is he's taking less money to come and play Aston Villa. I think it's a great, I mean, isn't it a great situation for all concerned, this mm-hmm. loan first, so you make yeah. sure that he's ready to compete and be very effective at this very high, intense level. Um, it's going to help his own chances of playing for Brazil, I think, in the World Cup. Um, yeah. And get him is there an option again. to buy, Rob? Do you know, I read a couple of things somewhere. Is there an option to buy in there? I think there's an option to yeah. buy. I don't know what the number is, but yeah. I think there's an option to buy. Yeah. And I'd be a bit, a bit careful for Aston Villa. I know their ambition's strong, and I know the owners want to go out there and do things. But it, 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 we've seen many clubs that, that that try force this a little bit too soon. But this is ideal because they can get a good look at Philippe Coutinho if he's brilliant for the second half of the season, and that and that that fee. Is not too too high. What a great signing for the club, Rob. What what do you think impact yeah. he can have in this team? And also, by the way, there's also reports. Just I'm just thinking about the left side of the team. Luca yeah, Luca Dina yeah. is, is apparently in mm, advanced negotiations, wow. talks to go to Aston Villa as well. Now yeah. that could be a left yeah. side of Luca Dina getting forward. Philip continue yeah. rolling inside with that amazing right foot ability to shoot and, and find those top corners. 
Coutinho, how, how, how exciting is it for the, the Villa fans? And only good things, Rob. Only good things really sh- should and could happen. Um, I think if you're an Aston Villa fan, I think you're delighted with what you're seeing at the moment. Let, let's go back to the summer. You lose Jack Grealish. A lot of money goes to Manchester City. They sign in with that money. Danny Ings, uh, Amy Buendia and Leon Bailey, who I think all probably have still got more to, to give to, to the football club. But to me, decent signings to, to compensate for Jack. You then bring in Coutinho. You then bring in the, the quality of a Luca Dina. You've got Matt Target on the left. You've got Ashley Young who can go. You're starting to get a group of players who are... In Steven Gerrard's style of play, going to be going to, into matches believing, regardless of the opposition, they can hurt you. They, 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 they've got players who can hurt you now with, with the way that they're set up. If they can de- defend well and, and keep things tight at the back, that's going to be a front line, Rob, with lots of different combinations and mixes and rotations of talented individual players who can hurt you in many different ways. Coutinho's technical ability when he rolls inside is up there with the very best when he's playing yeah. well. Yeah. I'll tell you what it does well, Rob. Um, and I think, by the way, I just I, I, I think the buyout or the, the price would be $45 million for Coutinho if all things go well. Yeah. I just, I'll tell you. Saying, but which ain't bad, yeah. Which isn't, which isn't, which isn't super high. What, you bought, what, you bought Ollie Watkins for similar money from, from Brentford. Yeah. What, what I would do before we move on from this one, Rob, it adds yeah. expectation... And it adds pressure yeah. on Steven Gerrard. And that's the other side to this. Bringing in these players that yeah. I guess he thinks he can trust. Philippe Coutinho, he knows mm. him very, very well. I mean, you should be able to trust somebody. Yeah. Uh, Luca Dina, you know, fell out with Rafa Benitez, report says. Yeah. He's starting to, to spend a lot of money. And I just think it's going to be on the manager to, to fulfill the expectations with this squad. You just talked mm. about the squad. You just talked about the front players. If they don't... Yeah really markably improve with some of these signings, then isn't Steven Gerrard going to be in focus and under, under more pressure than, than well, you might well, expect so early in, this, in his stint at Aston Villa? It's an interesting point, because don't you think, and, and I hear what you're saying, but I almost go completely the other way. I think it's what Steven Gerrard wants. I think this is what Steven Gerrard wants to prove, that I want big players, I want that pressure, and I'm going to, and I'm going to show you how good a manager I am. And I think, and, and I'd be delighted again if I'm a Villa fan because I think there'll be some managers, and, and 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 I'm not in any way disrespecting Dean Smith, but I think Dean Smith might find that bit of a burden. Oh, God, we've got to do. I just think he, Stephen Gerrard, when he walked down that tunnel and a Manchester United fan uh, giving him stick down the t- down the touch line, didn't bat an eyelid, mate. Didn't bat an eyelid. He's got an it. He's got an inner confidence that we talk about that someone like Rashford could could learn from and grow into. Because he, he believes in himself, and we know about the slip, and we know the, the brilliant career he's had. But he's not got an inner confidence about himself and a belief well, in what well, he's doing. Well, fair play to him, and he's going to need that. Yeah, this isn't Stephen Gerrard Correct. the player, though, Rob. This isn't Stephen Gerrard the player. Mm. This is a manager. No, and, and that's a, and, that, and and if he's got that sort of confidence that I've got this, and I can, this team is going to yeah. shoot up the league, and mm. with Coutinho there, then fair play. But it's something that mm. that that does kind of. Force the point. Yeah, put him in the spotlight. What, isn't it? Is it what yeah, sort of manager is going to be? Because we're going to find out pretty yeah. quickly. It, yeah. can, it can, you know, if they don't, if they struggle and they stay in the bottom half of the league table with these signings, then questions might start to get asked. And, and this is mm. potentially quicker than you know than it may have been if 
if they haven't got these players. But but you're right. Yeah, Villa fans yeah. want to see Philip Coutinho, want to see Luca Digne probably come to the football club. It is exciting, and, and let's mm. see what they can do. And yeah, um, uh, what a game! What atmosphere it's going to be on Saturday, 12:30 p.m. Eastern time on NBC. Aston Villa versus Manchester United, a, a great game to watch. Others, another game, Robbie Earl. Yeah. Uh, another one of these, North London derby. Tottenham, we talked about earlier on, versus Arsenal. Big weekend, my friend. This uh, weekend. Always is, Big isn't it? weekend. Al- always is. Uh, okay, so my thoughts on this one, we had a quick chat about it on, the, on our broadcast at the end of the game. Mm. And there's been a lot of praise for Mikel Arteta and for Arsenal, and rightly so. Really great yeah. job up to this point. Like, like really great job. North London derby is a little different. Do you yeah. think, and I'll throw it over to you, the Sackers and the Odegaards, Martinelli's, Smith mm. Rose, I'm not sure that they're going to have to step up in a different way, like meet fire with fire, show some mm. steel. The Arsenal team so far has not been about that. It's been about well-organized, well-coached, technically great, creative, really effective in the wide areas with the fullbacks getting forward, good signings, good team, new foundation. Can they, can they add steel and determination and fight and fire into this squad to come through this sort of game? I believe so. I believe so. I, 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 think, listen, I, I think we've slightly done a bit of disservice. When you think, and, and, and I looked at it, you know, the start that they had, what they came through, where they are, We've seen some spirited Arsenal performances um, yeah. during this this first half of the season, and it hasn't always gone as well. And they've done it, and, and they've done it in a different way. And they've done it collective. And we talked about pretty much, you know, a new goalkeeper, pretty much a new back four, uh, Partey with one other in the midfield. Partey's going to be missing. Any. The, the front Thomas... guys all playing the, the part. Thomas Partey's going to be missing. A, a, yeah, obviously he missed. Yeah, yeah. He, obviously he misses. But what I'm saying is, in general, it's been a new group. Who come together? They got they put the, the captain and probably the biggest and certainly your highest wage earner to one side, and 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 they're growing. And I think this group, and we talked about it, that maturity and experience come sometimes through through difficult times. And and this team, I think, are ready to have to, to face some difficult times. Now, there's no guarantee they're going to come out on top. And the game against Liverpool in yeah. the league, in the League Cup semi-final tomorrow is a bit of a a pain really for them. A game right in between this, and then you go Sunday into a North London derby. Mm. It isn't. A, it isn't a, uh, a Tottenham team that come in with a load of confidence after their defeat, though, Rob. So depending on how the game goes yeah. and who plays, we'll see. But I'm looking forward to this one because I'm looking forward to that very question: Are these kids ready for the next step? Are, are these kids able to take that next step that starts to put them in there? You know, the, 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 the Clash of 92, the David Beckham team, and we all talk about the players who were around them and the Smichels and the Robsons and the Bruces. But that team, had, that team had a bit about them. That's why they all had long careers and all had successful careers. Because those kids had a bit about them, Rob. They could dig a little bit. We used to give them a bit of a dig when they came out of Wimbledon and they'd stand up to you. My question is, will some of these boys for Arsenal crumble in the heat of a North London derby? I think not. I think they're well. Been, they've been brought well in the academy. International players have played at a good level, number of games, and they've waited their time, Rob. This, this is kind of their time now. I think we're going to learn, Rob. Whatever happens, they're going to benefit from mm. this experience. Yeah, um, yeah. Because absolutely. they are. They're kind of a grooved team right now, which is what the manager wanted. 
But this is a different yeah. challenge. So reps, reps at all types of games in the Premier League, mm. reps in all matches, reps in, in North London derbies to kind of get an overall sense of, of what is required to be consistent mm. in this league, to be consistently strong against your rivals, and of course, ultimately, to, to be consistent enough to, to challenge for the Premier League title. Um, just a side note, Rob, and it, it's, this is way, this is kind of speculative, and it's a little bit of transfer rumoury, but I want to mention it because. There's, like, there's, a, there's talk of, du, of Dusan Vlahovic, the Serbian Vlahovic, wonder yeah. kid, yeah. Fiorentina, ripping it up in Serie A. Mm. Um, what, you know, Arsenal are going strong to bring in this player. Yeah. Now, yeah. we had David Ornstein on our show today, Robin, and he talked about it. And the two clubs, he feels, could reach an agreement in terms of a fee, but he's just not sure whether the player himself will want to come right now to Arsenal when what he's doing, what he's doing in this league in Serie A, that's yeah. gonna that's gonna spark all the big 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 clubs to take him. Mm. A twenty-one-year-old striker that can score all different types of goals is powerful, is quick, he's got a great yeah. left foot, headers, free kicks, penalties. He does everything. That would be some coup if Arsenal could get him. Cool. I mean, wow! You talk about young players. Another young another team. young one, another right profile. Um... In the Premier League, could, would probably mean the end of Obama Young. Get him yeah. off your wage bill and yeah. you know, move him on. Possibly deal with the Lacazette thing if he's not going to well, stay. There's then, a striker issue, isn't there, with you know? players end of contracts or whatever? Yeah. If they can pull Age this off. and ending contracts. I mean, it'd be brilliant business. I mean, mm. read a little bit about him in it and his representatives. It's whether they're going to want to make a decision on something like that now. Mm. Will they want to wait till the summer? I mean, it'd be great for, for English football to, 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 to bring another star, young star into the league. Um, and would be, it would be a coup for, for Mikel Arteta, like Philip Coutinho's a coup for Steven Gerrard. And, and, you, and they could put a strong argument across that this is actually a really good move for the player. He's only 21. Yeah. It's like Erling Haaland that, that's very careful this, with the clubs yeah, he goes to. Another... I mean, playing good football Absolutely. in a great league. With Come young and give players, us four or five and years, and right. there's still another, still one more big deal, big deal left for you. Yeah, there's, there's maybe several. I mean, sadly, mm. as Arsenal have known before, they've picked up some brilliant players, end up losing them. Yeah. But, yeah, I just wanted to chuck it in because Arsenal fans who are listening mm. and watching this, I mean, I've watched plenty of uh, videos on this this kid on, on YouTube. It just, I mean, there's yeah. a lot out there, and it looks pretty exciting. Of course, we all know it's different league and everything else, but... Um, yeah, we'll see. Uh, maybe unlikely in January, but wow, if they could get him, that'd be uh, that'd be fantastic. All right. Yeah. So, big game on Sunday, North London Derby, eleven thirty Eastern time on on Peacock. Uh, so we'll be looking forward to to that one. Um, let's move to current day today. West yeah. Ham United, fourth in the Premier Premier League. David Moyes continue to deliver the goods. Yep. Jared Bowen. Oh. Got to get him in the England squad. Yeah. Come on, Robbie Musto. Absolutely. Let, let, let's start. Absolutely. A, let's start a Twitter trend. He was. Uh, I, I would say nothing short of superb today, Jared Bowen. Mm. No, there's no arguments about that. He was involved in everything. You know, we yeah. put together, we put together a, a little package of clips that he did in the game, and it was very similar to the highlights of the match <laughs> because everything, yeah. everything in the game came mm. through him. His intelligence to play from the right side, making those runs infield yeah. was stunning. Norwich did a horrible, a terrible job of, 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 of securing the outside areas mm. with, with West Ham's yeah. fullbacks coming forward and at will and with time to serve boards in the centres. And Norwich, of course, weren't great. But his intelligence, his 
I don't know, his general kind of attitude, mentality to the game is outstanding. And I love his, I love his energy. He'll get back and help defensively mm. as much as he'll get forward. And there's, there's not many players around that, with quality that are prepared to do that. And, and there was examples mm. uh, of him running back and, and helping out his fullback. But also, of course, the main stuff today was, was getting through. I think me and Danny talked about it. The only thing, really, he's 25, so there's plenty of, there's plenty of growth and yeah. opportunities. Is, is If he was a better finisher, you know, like the Mo, Mo Salah comparison, quick from that side, energy, skillful. Salah's a deadly finisher, where Joe Bowen isn't yet. He could have scored two or three more goals today, Rob. He had one disallowed from mm. offside from a ball that he swung in. But a couple of opportunities where he's kind of through in the middle and he didn't score. He, he absolutely should be in the next England squad. And given the form of others that are in that role, playing uh, for, for the mm. big clubs in, in England, uh, in, in the Premier League, Joe Bowen is right at the top of his game. Um, what's that now? I think that's five, five Premier League goals. And seven assists. He was superb. Yeah, he's, he's he's eight goals, eight assists in in all comps right. uh, this season. I mean, it's it's great numbers. You're right. Um, I think if if West Ham are going to be ambitious though, and, and want to be a club that's top four, consistently getting towards the top six, Bowen's the kind of players they've got to hang on to now. Long contracts, Rob. Yeah. You know, twenty five years of age, good age, great attitude. Looks like he loves playing for the club. It's a London club. It's a big club. It looks like it, it. You know, some possibly exciting times ahead. Don't always want to feel that you got you got to move them on. But it's interesting. And and you made as you were making the sort of comparison with Mo Salah. Somebody else jumped into my head as you were talking, and I thought Sadio Mane, Robin Musto, was it Southampton? Was a wideish player. wasn't a great goal scorer. Was okay. Was worked hard. Was you know probably a little bit quicker over the ground. But went to Liverpool and we saw another level. Diogo More Jota. goals, better Chuck finishing. Another one. another one, Diogo Jota. So, is Jared Bowen? Could Jared Bowen be that guy? Going in with better players, with, with in a bigger team. Now, at this stage, we're talking about two or three te- two or three teams, really. You know, who, who you'd say will be better. Than where he is with West Ham at the moment. So, you know, would he fit in a Man City team? His work rate and things would. They've, you know, they've got plenty of people in those wide areas. Liverpool may be different with with the age and obviously the situation with their wide players. Chelsea have probably got enough kind of similar types with with your Mount and your ZX and Burners, etc. But it's an interesting one. And, and and listen, if he continues to do what he does, he's English. He's twenty five years of age. He's going to be attraction. I'd, I'd like to feel that West Ham yeah. know his value, see his value, and, and, and start thinking yeah. about, listen, we're going to have to talk this kid. West Ham fans won't thank us for talking about this, Rob, and, and, and rightly so. Like West yeah. Ham United, West Ham United, go and buy a couple. What a good time. What a good time to mm. add to this team. What a good time. Yeah. And January, yeah. of course, isn't easy, but there's been a ton of good players over the years, mm. by the way, that have moved in January. Well, the Lingard thing's still out there, isn't it? You yeah. Know, and you know that he fits in and can give go you something and bring in different. Ling- go and, get, go and get, bring in Lingard and somebody else. like uh, Another player to mm. add to this, maybe that can play up front, you know, if Mikel Antonio gets hurt. Yeah, yeah. Somebody else that can do that. Joe Bowen could do that. But, but West Ham has spent a lot of money in the past, Rob, at certain times. Often when they struggle, yeah, they yeah. try and buy their way out yeah. of trouble. Mm. What a good time right now, right now, to add a couple to yeah. say, you know what? Because I look at this league table, we've talked about Man United, we've talked about Spurs and how far off 
the top pace yeah. that they are. Arsenal are in it as well, but West Ham United, yeah. they're fourth right mm. now. And they've got and a chance, mate. They've absolutely they've got, got a chance. chance. They have got a chance. Their numbers are good throughout whatever you look at. Yeah. Um, if they can stay healthy, but if they can bring in one or two of quality that can really rotate in and out and give some of these players a bit of a break because West Ham's best team is their best team and they don't rest much, um, West Ham could then fulfill an incredible like transformation from mm. when Moyes first went there to what they could be potentially yeah. a top four finisher. So I just think, yeah, now's the time to, to try and step forward and improve yeah. the quality of that squad. Little line on, on Norwich City, Rob, because mm. um, it's not looking great. I mean, I think the biggest surprise is they're still intact. Uh, no goals since, I think it was November the 30th against Newcastle United, no Premier League goals. No real threat, tactically outdone, you know, don't deal with problems in the wide areas, runners coming from deep positions, causing them all kinds of problems. Uh, I know you kind of gave them still a little bit of hope. I mean, I, I think it's done and dusted, mate. I think it's the, done the, and dusted. The only I think, hope I think is... unfortunately, for Dean Smith, yeah. he's, got, he's going to have to steer this team out of the championship. I mean, the only hope I give them is, the, is just the numbers. You know, they, mm. they've got to convince themselves, Rob, that they can somehow find a way past Newcastle, who are one point ahead, Burnley, who are one point ahead, and Watford, who are three points ahead. Now, there's, goal, there's a few games to make up, particularly for Burnley. That, I mean, yeah. that, that's not Herculean to think that they can do that. It's just when you see the... 44 goals against and eight goals scored in 20 yeah. that you think... I was going to say, do you understand you have to score a goal to win a game? <laughs> and they you've only done it on eight occasions. I know, I know. Pookie's I know. got five of them, I think it is. Five of the eight Pookie's got, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, not so, very not very, not very good for my old, my old mate Dean Smith there. It's a, it's a tough job and, and, yeah. you're, and you're probably... Well, you're almost certainly going to be right. He's going to have to regroup, yeah. get them up again and, and, and make a better fist mm. of staying in the league. Mm. Right, next game. I talked to the other game yeah. yesterday. There was a really good game, actually, uh, at St. Mary's. Southampton ended up winning 4-1 against Brentford. Uh, really enjoyed the game, Rob. Um, enjoyed seeing Southampton under new ownership. I think it's um, Serbian ownership now that they're looking to do like a mini Man City thing, group of group of uh, clubs where they'll move the players. And I think the, the ex-director of yeah. football at Brentford uh, joined the group as, as well. Good day for them, first day. I'm sure they'll think that every Premier League game is as easy as that, a 4-1 win. Um, another good day for Ralph Hasenhurtl. Um, I think for the value of coaching and the value of, of working with a group of players, can't spend big money, can't have big salaries, but has to do it a, a different way. And, and Southampton jumped above Brentford in the table and sit pretty comfortably because it was a team at the start of the season, Bob, we both had a little worry yeah, about, big you worry. know, yeah. Whether they, 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 you know, selling Danny Ings, who was the man who got them goals, um, a little worried how they do, but they share the, the responsibility around, they're getting enough goals from enough uh, people in the team. Mm. Um, and there's a certain young man I want to mention here, Rob, who, who just continues, yeah. every time I see him, to impress me. Hmm. And, and this is this kid, Armando Brozier. Did a little look, a little bit of research on him this morning because I was like, 20-year-old kid born in Slough of Albanian parents, played already for the Albanian national team, got 10, ten caps. caps. Yeah. Went on loan to Vitesse um, in Holland last season, played 21 
games, 12 starts, got 10 goals. Was their top scorer in the league. It's come now to Southampton. Five goals in eight Premier League appearances, two goals in two League Cup appearances. Can score goals, got pace. He's got a bit of drive and, and fire about him, a bit of physicality. At 20 years of age, Rob, I'm looking at him and saying, I've taken before in Catty at Arsenal. More than, more than not. I'd look at Mason Greenwood's a, a rare talent. But what I see of Brogia, I like. And I'm not saying he, he's better than, but I'm telling you what, let's see how the next two or three years develop in both these players. Because he looks like the real deal, my friend. And he's also still a Chelsea player that could go back to Chelsea and become an asset to them. He could. They spent a lot of money on Romelu Lukaku. They spent a lot of money on Kai Havertz. They spent a lot of money on mm -hmm. Timo Werner. Mm -hmm. I've just talked about, we've just talked about a couple of clubs that wouldn't he be yeah. perfect for? West, yeah. Ham, West Ham United. United. Go make him a big offer. Go make Chelsea a big offer. You bring in uh, Jesse Lingard. You bring in Armando Broja. And maybe Broja, to some of to some out people out there that don't... I'm sure, actually, that, that, that not many know potentially what he could do. But he's got a lot going on. He's got a lot going yeah. on with his... It's just his demeanour. He's a, he's a big, strong guy that's quick. He can finish. He's got attitude. Or, if Arsenal don't get their first guy, Arsenal, young, striker, aggressive... Could 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 lead the line for Arsenal potentially. Now these are big clubs and big moves. Yeah. Um, but I'm telling you now, I'd be willing if I'm if I and I I've seen what probably half a dozen games, ten games of this guy. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be willing to say to my manager if I was director of football, let's go for him because I think he's got the attributes that 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 can do well in this Premier League, and I think uh, he was a difference here. Goes through really quick, really good with his feet, yeah. finishes off. Um, yeah, that that's the exciting thing, and and that's tough for us at the start of the season to to yeah to know his impact. Like we're like, well, Sam's going to struggle here. They've got rid of Ings, and then Brozier comes in. Like, oh, he's interesting. This Chelsea young player. And then you you see him play. It's like, wow, this is this is really good for them. Yeah, so talent, I think it's five, five goals, five Premier League goals, like one in three for them as a young kid. Yeah, yeah. So they were they were good. It's really interesting, and, and there's too much detail to get into it now, Rob. But I did get I did go down a, a, a rabbit hole of um, Rasmus Ankerson, the guy that's founded this Sport Republic with another chap. I can't remember his name. Yeah. Um, yeah. And what he did at Brentford. Dragon Solak. Isn't it? Yeah, Dragon. He's the, he's the money. Yeah. He's the Serbian money guy yeah. that's funding this this uh, yeah. investment company. But it's it really is going to be the abilities of Ras Erasmus Ankerson who's going to moneyball this at Southampton. He's going to moneyball yeah. it, like he had it at Brentford to yeah. great success. Now, now again, I, I don't want to get too much into it, but Ankerson, if you go online and you search him, he's made some pretty impressive presentations, Rob, to, yeah. to actually businesses mm -hmm. about finding, you know, the, 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 the underrated talent and bringing it forward when others overlook these players. The whole kind of moneyball thing. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting. It's got to be exciting for Southampton fans. It's not going to be m millions thrown at the club for new players like a Newcastle, but it's going to be intelligent investing, recruiting into new players and probably new clubs as well mm. under their kind of umbrella. Um, but So his first kind of real Premier League game against Brentford was kind of interesting. Um, but yeah, again, there's, there's a lot more detail to that if people are interested. I think Southampton's yeah. going to be a pretty interesting place to watch over the coming months and seasons of how he and this new ownership group trying to bring the club forward. 
And I think it's great for, for Ralph Hasenhill as well because yeah. the profile of, uh, of the coach who, you know, loves working with ta- talent, looks like he's, you know, great at developing them. It's a good fit. And, you know, his, his, teams always, his teams always look like they're well prepared when, when they go to a game. So, yeah, great win for, for Southampton and uh, a few exciting players uh, in, in the likes of Brozier, maybe more to come with the new ownership. Talking about teams with new players, my friend, oh. the January window is open. I think we all realise when the Saudi... Investment group took over Newcastle that this window was going to be important with a Newcastle team that were lounging in the bottom three places of, of the Premier League. We've so far seen Kieran Trippier come in, um, current England international from Atletico Madrid. All the talk is, and I think probably at this stage it may well be done, that the medical of, of Chris Wood, uh, the Burnley striker, will, will be the latest addition uh, to the Newcastle playing squad. I don't, for any reason, think that will be the end of it um, for Eddie Howe in, in this group. I think they're desperate to get two or three more faces in before the window closes. Um, talk to us about Chris Wood and then talk to us about what else you see Eddie in, in Newcastle doing between now and well, the end of the month. I mean, first of all, Kieran Trippier, right? Brilliant signing. Great signing. Yeah. Experienced pro. We know that he's a, he's a top, top pro. Reliable, consistent. Mm. It's going to be good for this team. Right back. They need a new right back. Um, really, I mean, he's he got to the semi-final of, of the World Cup, didn't he, with England and the final. Yeah, he scored a lovely goal, didn't he? Yeah, he scored the free kick, didn't he? Um, yeah. So that's yeah. a good signing. Uh, and that's going to make him better. And there will be many more signings come to the football club. But Chris Wood, I mean, this is so interesting, mate. Uh, and there's arguments about, he's got three league goals this year. And, and some yeah. fans, Newcastle fans, well, yeah, it's all right. You know, is he going to score a lot of goals for us? You know, he hasn't, he hasn't done great with Burnley. But let, let, let's get back to basics here. They've got to beat mm. Burnley. And they've got to, if they can get above Burnley in this Premier League table, which I have in front of me, assuming that, that Norwich are not going to survive. No, and, yeah. Let, let's and and assuming Norwich that aside. Watford, and it's a little unfair on Watford because they've got, they got, they got plenty of opportunities to get out of it. But it could mm. come down to Newcastle and Burnley for the third club. And not only are you bringing a striker in which you need to replace Callum Wilson, not that he's as good as Callum Wilson, but you're t- taking away no, the mm. main threat of Burnley and Sean Dyche with this forced move mm. because it's a, it's a release clause that's been met by Newcastle. Again, he's just having his medical. It's not yeah. done and dusted yet. I mean, what do you th- I want your take on it, Rob. Sean Dyche, mm. what is he thinking? That their main man, he hasn't been great well, this season, but he has been. He's got 10 of 12 and 14 goals the last three seasons that would have been the man to score the goals of Burnley to get him out of the relegation issue, he's going to leave. Yeah. Does so I heard somebody it? talking about this today, Robert, which was interesting. It was something I, I didn't, hadn't thought of or, or didn't know wasn't necessarily buyout clauses when we were playing in contracts particularly. But I heard something today where they said, what's most unusual about this situation with Chris Wood is that the buyout clause has been allowed in January. Normally, buyout clauses oh. only go from season oh. to season, so that oh, you don't usually get buyouts until the summer. So a manager knows at least I'm not going to lose that player in the January window. If somebody comes in off at X, Burnley for some <laughs> reason didn't have that in the contract. Newcastle found out about it, knew they could release him for 25 million. Did it, and Burnley could do nothing about it. And Sean Dyche, yeah. now I tell you what was also um, a bit embarrassing for Burnley as well that um, Ben Mee 
had done an interview, I think it was yesterday, talking about Chris Wood and how important he's going to be. And there's no way we'd let him go. And there's no way the club are going to let him go. And then obviously, less than 24 hours later, he's been seen up in the northeast. Um, I just think it's, it's quite astonishing that it's been allowed to happen. It absolutely puts Burnley in a, in a difficult place. People talk about his three goals that he's got this season, but also looked at his last three seasons, yeah. Rob. 12 last season, 14 the season before, 10 before that, top scorer in all the occasions at his football club. Averages about a goal every three games with a team that with Newcastle that will get service in and you've got St Maximum and you've got um, the Richies and people who can put deliveries in the box. You get the sense that he, he, he'll, he'll have the kind of service and things that he'd want. Um, my one worry for teams at the bottom of the league are Timo Puki and Emmanuel Dennis. Better beware, because Newcastle might just buy those two as well and then just disarm <laughs> every team down there. Just disarm everybody who's, who's up against you. Yeah, Get them in. Take them all away. And then, then you, you're good, aren't you? No one else has got a striker. No one else can score a goal. But there is time for Alan Pace the new ownership mm -hmm. at Burnley Football Club, yeah. with their £25 million. There's plenty of days yeah. left in January. Well, like, come on, They've then. got to do something, Robert. Come on, He's then. got to do something. They've got to do something. They've got to do something. And Alan Pace went in there and said, we'll support the manager, you know, whatever he wants, within reason. Now, Burnley fans need the new ownership yeah. to put their hands in the pocket because this is almost emergency time. I'm not sure they can afford to let this go and drift even though it must be tempting if you're the ownership to keep £25 million in your bank account, this club could go down. I, I thought they were going to go down before this news. Given I didn't. Yeah, you didn't. Are you changing But I'm, I'm slightly worried. And, and I'm, worried about, I'm worried about the goals, but I'm also worried in the, the Chris Wood, what he is, what he represents, what he does for Burnley, Rob. That ability to be able to go into him and the ball will land somewhere in a five-yard radius of where that challenge is, and you play from there. That's a great option that Burnley have had that at times has been helpful to keep them in the Premier League. You take that away, and all of a sudden, you don't just take away the goals, you take away an attacking option that, that has served them well. Yeah, they've got a couple of games in hand over uh, Newcastle, uh, Burnley yeah. have. But when you look at the league table, it's going to be three from the four down there. Yeah, and if, three if, from four. If Newcastle... Yeah with the, the new players, and there will be other players, can get a little run together, then they could be the ones, that, that the fourth bottom, or better. They're the ones that can pull out of it. The other three could struggle. Oh, it's, it's Newcastle-Watford, isn't it? 10 o'clock uh, this, this weekend. Yeah. Newcastle well, facing Watford. Yeah. And, and I, I also just had, had a quick look at, guess what the last game of the season is uh, for Burnley? Is it, it's Newcastle. Home is it Newcastle? to Newcastle. Oh, blimey. Chris Wood sends his previous Chris team Wood, down. Chris Wood coming back, getting a hat-trick to send Burnley down. Yeah, yeah. it was a Burnley yeah. team actually last week, just to add on, that lost 2-1 in the uh, FA Cup as well. Got booed off after the game. Sean Dyche, I think, wasn't there with COVID, oh. but um, Jim Wellen, I think, was on the side. But not a good period for Burnley, and obviously not a great week losing uh, their top scorer. Uh, Ashley Barnes still out at the moment. Cornet's been in and out with injuries. So, you know, a team that well. struggled to yeah. score goals. It's um, a little bit of a worry. But, my friend, I think that's time to wrap it up here on our midweek podcast. Uh, plenty of matches coming thick and fast. 
We'll be back on Sunday, January the 16th, to recap all the weekend's games. The race at the top, where Chelsea hosts uh, Chelsea hosts Manchester City. The race for fourth, where Spurs take on Arsenal in a big Northland derby. And a scrap at the bottom of the table, Newcastle, with their new players and possibly Chris Wood, face Watford in a must-win game for both those teams at the foot of the table. But for now, I'm Earl. He's musty together with the two Robbies. Thanks for watching and listening. Be safe. Please stay healthy. It's a good night from me. And it's good night from him. Good night. Good night.